This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Well, we're so happy to have you here with us. And I had an opportunity. I, I met them a couple years ago when they were here, but then last year when I went to Sri Lanka, they were there at that time. And so I got to see the work that they're doing there. I got to see the, the shepherd's um, children's home. Yes, and I got to see that we went to the graduation. And these two actually founded and were the, they're the founders and the directors of the harvest leadership program so yeah. they got their name from us from harvest so <laughs> we have had influence uh woody knew mike from uh, when they went to school for christ for the nations in texas and mel knew Rhonda's sister teresa so they met in sri lanka and have created this this awesome ministry so they do so many things i can't even go into them all i'll probably say it all wrong but um, they are the senior pastors of the overcomers church and then they have the the institute where they they train up pastors is what they do and so they're hard at work and then the the children's home they've got a girl's home it is amazing i got to meet some of the girls there and i mean they're just changing their lives and one of the girls who actually i should let you tell the story grew up in the home or when, when she was 15 when she came to the home, is now going to Oral Roberts University. So look at what God, how he's using these awesome missionaries um, to just build up people's lives, change people's lives. So we're so honored to have you here. And I'm going to turn it over to you too right now. So thank you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you very much. And, and uh, you know, uh, I also have started something new, and that is I, I die once a month. I don't die. <laughs> so just something new, you know. Always something new is happening, you know. You just can't go on. But we're glad for the warm weather. We brought some warm weather only from Asia. We only brought the warm weather, folks. <laughs> we didn't bring anything else, okay? <laughs> Over to you, Mel. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it's so funny that Pastor Mike and the team are there while we're here, and then uh, Mitch is at Destiny Church also. Some of you have heard Mitch. He was our youth pastor and now is um, over our English congregation. So he's, yes, so it's really funny that he's there and we're here and they're there. <laughs> but um, Shepherd's Heart, Children's Home, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting, okay, for me. Um, now on the third floor, we got some sewing machines um, that different people donated and everything, so they start sewing projects. So some of them have painted bags okay there's more stuff in there it's like Mary Poppins um, um, come over here come on Vanna um, 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 so they've sewn them and they've painted them and we've got pot holders and they Vanna um, um, and then these little kitchen hand towel things that they made and some of the pastor's kids helped too. So they're very excited. So if you see some little extra spots on them, um, it's their first time. So, <laughs> But we are selling them at the table. Um, so if you'd like some handmade Shepherd's Heart items, um, yeah, that'd be exciting. Uh, the girls are doing really well. Like... Holly said, we do have one at Oral Roberts University. Um, our daughter is at Christ for the Nations. Um, she's doing one year, and she's still figuring out what exactly she wants to do. Now she's in this cooking phase and wants to go to school and culinary, you know, and 
I don't know if it's frustration just to chop things or what it is, <laughs> but she's in this cooking craze. But she's really good at drawing and stuff too, and so who knows, you know. I, I think I wanted to do 20 different things when I was that age, and <laughs> God kept guiding me. I just kept saying yes to the Lord, and <laughs> I did a lot of different things. But I think, huh? Lindy. Oh, hey, you can have your own time. Um, so, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think the most important thing is whatever we do, we just keep saying yes to Jesus. You know, and, and that's what I've, you know, tried to tell the staff at Shepherd's Heart. If the girls are struggling in their classes, maybe they're, you know, others are doing really well, don't compare them. As long as... They love Jesus. I mean, that's the main thing. You know, that they love Jesus when they leave the home, when they're 60, when they're 80, that they keep running the race. Isn't that it? I mean, that to me, that's the most exciting reward when we just keep saying yes to Jesus. And... Um, to see them grow in their giftings. Some of them are on the worship team. Some do multimedia at the church. Some are on the dance team. You know, just so many different things that they're involved in in the church. And even outside of church, some of them love sports. Um, some of them do public speaking. We have one girl, Lindy, she's trying to go to further studies. She's at also at Christ for the Nations. She's graduating in May, and she wants to go to further studies um, to, to do business. And her sister actually got a partial scholarship to a university in Australia and is living with relatives there. Um, so they're starting to grow and fly. <laughs> But the main thing is they keep saying yes to Jesus. So it's, it's exciting. The younger ones, like Holly was there when one of the girls had this supposedly massive headache, you know, and um, so she didn't go to school. And they prayed for her and everything, but they had like an ice cream party later for the girls. So miraculously, she could have ice cream. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you get healed real quick when there's good food. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the kids are kids all around the world. They have the same emotions. They battle with the same things. Some things culturally are a little bit different, but the struggles are still the same. And we appreciate your prayers for them. And we thank you for those that have supported some of the girls with monthly sponsorship, too. Yeah, that was very good. Shall we give Melanie a hand? <laughs> Wonderful. So the girls are turning out, you know, better. They're, they're not just uh, in the institution or institutionalized, but they're finding that they have, you know, gifts and talents and abilities and dreams and that they can pursue them, even though their lives are shattered when they came. Praise God. God makes a way for anybody, no matter... Well, what type of an underdog you've been, God can still bring you out on top when you, you know, walk with him and trust him and follow him. Uh, so we're just excited about that. And uh, we're just going to turn this clip on uh, so that those who are still new to the ministry can kind of, you know, get a, another a fresh uh, look at the ministry and then we will start sharing thereon. Uh, over to you at the back. Sri Lanka is an island south of India with a population of 22 million people. A nation that is predominantly Buddhist and has only 1-2% evangelical Christians. The word of God says, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Pastors Woodrow and Melanie Block, graduates of Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, has been spreading the light of Jesus in a country filled with darkness. 
Overcomers Church, founded in 1991 with five people, has now grown to a 300-member strong congregation. It has helped start, support, and strengthen other churches around the nation. Our training center, Harvest Leadership Institute, was founded in year 2001. It has trained and equipped over 350 ministry leaders and workers for the work of the ministry. History Maker Generation is a youth movement that mobilizes, equips, and sends out young people to impact different spheres of influence. In the last 16 years, over 10,000 young people have been trained. Greater Kalambu Prayer Network, founded in the year 2000, is one of the longest-running prayer networks among pastors in the country. 2018 marked 18th year of intercession together. In the year 2004, Oasis Fellowship was founded by. Pastor Woodrow Block to give spiritual leadership and covering for ministers and churches. Shepherd's Heart Children's Home, which is located next to the church, was established in year 2002 to rescue vulnerable children and to train them into being young warriors for God's kingdom. Superheroes Preschool is another initiative established to reach out to the children in our community. Training and equipping high school dropouts and underprivileged young people in our city through IT Skills Hope Center brings hope to the hopeless in our city. Thank you for partnering to change lives and transform a nation for God's glory. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. And you started all of that with nothing in your hand, you know, when I went back, I met Pastor Mike in 1988, I believe he was leaving when I was joining. I was in the same evangelism group and we went downtown in Dallas and you know, sharing the gospel and and you know shaking in the cold a little bit not cold like here <laughs> it's not cold down there right <laughs> but uh, and so we had uh, a short acquaintance but we got to know each other and then we reconnected around 1999 i believe and yeah about 10 years later or 11 years later and we found out that melanie knew the the wife you know ronda's side very well And so we just kind of, you know, we were just came on fire together as we sat and talked about what we can do for God's kingdom in the nations, in Sri Lanka, and uh, in other places. And so uh, we've had a relationship now. And they first came to Sri Lanka in 2002, I believe, some somewhere as far back as there, you know, and been coming and you know pouring into Sri Lanka. So your prayers, your giving, your you know your faith. has blessed that nation and uh, we could not do what we are doing out there you know neither me nor Mitch nor Heron or any Kumar none of the others we could do that without the support and the consistent support that you folks have been and, and to us and and uh, in so many ways so why don't we give harvest uh, harvest church uh, 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 another hand and you know thanking god for using you to make such an impact in the nation of sri lanka you are touching the nation and we and, and in so many ways pastor mike has been also a blessing to us connected us with a a seminary in minneapolis that's uh, offering you know a, a bachelor's through our program and uh, which has been going on through the harvest leadership in sri lanka so and so many other Yes, and masters too, but uh, you know we focus more on the bachelors right now, and so. But you know we just uh, are very blessed to be connected with this great ministry. Uh, Faith journey is my book that I wrote a few 
maybe a couple of years back. If you've not got a copy, you need to go get a copy, you know. And so it's at the table. Melanie will very warmly welcome you uh, to the table. And so please go get a copy if you've not got one. And uh, please visit the table as well. Thank you for those who support also the children. Some of you are sponsoring the children at Shepherd's Heart. Thank you very, very much. And we really appreciate and value that. And uh, we also, you know, we're entering, as we have entered into 2020, you know, we, you know, this is a season, or an era, a new era that we've entered into. And it's a time for, you know, where God's going to bring perfect vision. If there is, you know, nebulousness or vagueness, God's going to start revealing more clearly what his plans are for you as you press into him. Amen. 2020 vision is coming to you. And also it's the, it's the era of the mouth where you use your mouth in prayer, in proclamation, in worship, in declaration, and you start to see more and more things, you know, steamrolling in, in your favor and to feel, fulfill the kingdom purposes through you in, the, in your region and in the nation. So this is also an era when you can, you know, call back that which the enemy has stolen from you. Restitution is in your backyard. So you start calling that back and you start standing and declaring that that which the enemy stole from you, the Lord will return. Uh, manifold, you know, Joel 2.25 says that, that he will return even the lost years and bring back, you know, life into your, you know, future years greater than you've ever seen before. Amen. And so we're just talking about prayer today because I feel like, you know, this is the season the church needs to get back a little bit more into prayer and how to pray with confidence. Many times we don't pray because we feel like our prayers are not being answered or we don't feel like we are spiritual enough or we don't uh, sound, you know, really, you know, sophisticated in our prayers. And we have so many things or we don't feel worthy enough or we don't feel like God really, you know, that we can trouble him so much or we should trouble him, you know. But God really wants us to pray. And he, the Bible talks in every book almost about prayer. And how we can, how, how do we, uh, you know, pray with confidence at a time like this. So we have a scripture up uh, in Luke chapter 18. And we are not going to read the whole thing. But it's all about uh, how this widow went before a judge. And, uh, and, and, and troubled the judge, basically, on behalf of her. She had a land issue. And, uh, and the judge said, I don't, I, I, you know, to himself, I don't care about people. I don't care about God. But this woman is coming and really, you know, bugging me and wearing me down. And I'm going to have to give a verdict on her favor, in her favor, so that she doesn't come and tie me down, you know. And so just, uh, so Jesus said, if that kind of a person, if a wicked judge like that or an unrighteous judge like that, could uh, answer, then how much more will your heavenly Father answer you when you pray night and day? And that is found in Luke chapter 18 in uh, verses 1 to 8. So, and the, the first verse of that, uh, of that passage begins with how men, let me read the first one. Then he spoke again a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart or not faint. So we, uh, how can we get up from any place of fainting and how can we pray prayers that God will hear and that will move mountains as we sang today, that God will move mountains and, you know, and how God can, you know, uh, come through and, and how can we make prayer something more exciting than we've ever known. So uh, we know that God is a close father. Number one, God is a close father or an intimate father, you know, and uh, he is the initiator of conversation with us and communication and prayer both ways. He's, he is the one who initiated prayer and God put in us the capacity for us to be able to pray and to have an active you know, conversation, communication lines with him that are, you know, that are uh, brimming with his presence and power. 
So God is the initiator. We see how God placed emphasis on prayer, on conversation before work. In fact, he first gave them, you know, their mandate, you know, to fulfill in the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish, and, and, do, and then rule over the earth. So before any work had started, God started talking, communicating. And, and, and man was able to communicate with him too. And it says that God would come in the cool of the day, in the garden, and look for, for Adam and Eve and have conversation with them. So you see, so God initiated, the Father wants to be close to us. He wants to have conversation with us. He wants to have relationship with us, actively ongoing. It's we who think that he does not want to do that. Or it's because, you know, we don't see him in the natural, so we think that, you know, that uh, it's kind of hard to maintain a, a relationship like that. But we can start to, you know, have that relationship with God. See, uh, we think work is everything, is the most important thing, you know. But yes, and work is very important. But we've got to go to the, the beginning, the law of the first principle, communication. Communication was what God first initiated and then work. In other words, hear from God, he gave them the, what, no, the responsibilities, the work to name the animals, to take care of the garden, and to you know, make sure enemies were kept out. And so he gave the responsibility to, to, to Adam, but first he communicated with him. And so it's important that we first learn to communicate and hear God so that we can be effective in all that we do. You know, part of the reason why we don't want to kind of, you know, pray that much or be active in that area, especially for men, you know, especially is that, you know, I used to hang around my father a little bit. We were around each other, but, uh, you know, we didn't talk personal, you know, things. It was all about, you know, distant, you know, things that were removed away from our personal family life. He didn't talk about personal things. He didn't ask about me. He didn't, you know, you know, uh, talk uh, things that, you know, were emotionally connecting and bonding us. So even though I was around him, we were not emotionally close. You see? So biological experiences can drag on into our spiritual experiences as well. And if we've been distance, distant with our biological father, then with our heavenly father, we also, it's easy to be distant. And so, you know, many of us don't try to get close to Heavenly Father because we've not really been that close to our earthly fathers as much. Or if we were, it was when we were little, but when we grew up, then we drifted away. And so we just kind of went on. You know, once in a while we would communicate, visit, but the communication was not, you know, thriving. And so when you come into this relationship with Father God too, you think that that's the way to, you know, uh, carry on with him. And so uh, it's important that we allow God the Father to reveal himself to us as, as one who wants to get actively involved. And I had to learn that. I had to learn that, you know, and really come to a place where I encountered him in such a way that I knew that he was, he was reachable and he was accessible. And he wanted to really have a intimate, close relationship. That he wasn't a distant, absent father. He wanted to be involved, engaged in my life and in all that we were doing. Amen. And so God loves for me to talk to him. And God loves to talk with me as well. A two-way communication. You know, when I first started, I was like, I couldn't even pray for more than 10 minutes a day. In fact... I would fall asleep in the middle of my prayer. <laughs> I was, you know, snoring sometimes, and I don't snore usually. Do not lie. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this, uh, but I would be like, I would feel so bad, and the time had gone. I had to get up and start running to work, you know. I was in sales and marketing. I had a chat with somebody who was also in marketing, you know. And so, but, uh, and I was talking all the time in marketing. But with Father God, I had a problem talking with him. You know, and so I had to learn how to, uh, so it was really very short, you know, weak time of prayer that I would have. And I was like really, you know, 
disappointed, but I didn't know what to do about it. But later on, I began to get a hold of God, and I began to, you know, somebody helped me. I had a prayer partner who just attached himself to me and wanted to help me, you know, develop my prayer life. And I am so thankful, because if I didn't know how to get a hold of God, especially doing the type of ministry we do and going to places where we go with hostile, you know, Buddhist monk aggression, you know, which some of you don't even believe in <laughs> or don't think it's possible, but, uh, but it's, it is. And so I had to learn to get a hold of God. I had to know how to, you know, walk in places where angels fear to tread, you know. And so if I didn't know how to get a, get a hold of God, I would be a goner. <laughs> I would be, you know, gone, done for. And so uh, I had to, uh, so I had, uh, this prayer partner really helped me. And I would, uh, at the beginning, I was a little excited, you know, it was a new experience. But then he would come uh, almost two, three times a day to my door and say, Woodrow, and I would hide. <laughs> He's knocking, and there's no sound <laughs> from the inside. This guy has gone into hiding. <laughs> and I wouldn't answer, and I, he'll talk and say something and go off, and you know. And I got, I didn't like to be so actively engaged, and also, when we, we get, got together and prayed, it was, you know, not just a few minutes. It was an hour, two hours at least by the time we were done, minimum, you know. But I'm so glad I learned that. You know, he hung on like a, you know, he just clung and, and helped me to develop my prayer life. And then I began to meet on my own, you know, with Father God. And there were times in, in, in you know, of course, you had Bible school, you know, you're supposed to do that. But not everybody does that. Not everybody cultivates a strong, you know, at least an ongoing, thriving relationship. Uh, so there were times I would not even go to dinner because the presence of God was so strong. I would be on the carpet somewhere in some building, uh, spending some hours, and the presence of God would get so strong. Boy, going for dinner was like cheap. <laughs> it was worthless stuff, like, because uh, you just knew God, I mean, God's there. You know, you just want to soak up everything of him, you know, and you just want to stay with him until, you know, he says, okay, we're done. And so I would many times miss my meals, and that was not like how I, you know, was used to. And so I had to learn how to just discipline myself, you know, to just spending time with him and enjoying his presence and enjoying what he was doing. I was hearing his voice, learning to hear his voice, you know, Sometimes we think we've got to do all the talking, but sometimes we just stay quiet and we can start to, you know, like just, you know, just like spring water just flowing through your spirit, you know. You just can hear the gentleness of his voice and his reassurance, you know, and his love and his, you know, tenderness. So it's really something we can hear. And I'm glad I learned to hear God's voice because I need it now more than ever before. I need it now and we all need it now. We all need to hear from God. And so uh, a poor relationship, as we said, you know, can be turned around. Even though we didn't have much uh, closeness with our father, our biological father, you know, we can still have a relationship with our heavenly father that is, you know, uh, deeper and more intimate. And God longs to be close to me, you know, to learn to hear his voice in prayer and to know his will. Why we pray and we ask, we talk and we, 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 you know, we talk with him and call on him. You know, sometimes we think we've got to have all the right language and all, have all the right termi terminology. And that's good along the way. But that should not keep us back from starting or, or cultivating and growing our walk with God. Because there's so much value and power in in, in, in uh, having, uh, in pr praying, and, in, and because we're praying to somebody who has the power to change things in our lives and those around us, in our church, in our business, in our workplace, he can do that too. We had friends who had uh, owned a, uh, own a car, car dealership, and they were having a hard time because uh, somebody was doing some stuff behind, you know, in the back there, and really they were heading into bankruptcy. And then, you know, they caught a hold of the importance of intercession and prayer. And they would, uh, you know, especially the wife would be, you know, uh, at two o'clock in the morning sometimes she'll have prayer partners praying with her. 
and they broke through and they found out who the, who the culprit was, they were able to get the person out of the way and the business is thriving today. Amen? It's a Ford dealership in, in, in Texas and, and they've seen how marketplace people need to use intercession in their business. You know, not just beat on their, you know, on their forehead over and over again, but hey, find out, get a hold of the presence of God, get a hold of God, and that they turn that thing around, and it's, you know, going forward and doing very well right now. Amen. And they attribute much of that to the fact that they got a hold of God and prayer and learned to hear his voice and uncover the hidden things that were there and were able to get it out of the way. So make time in prayer to grow this relationship. You know, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, we see Daniel prayed three times a day. And he wasn't a full-time minister. He was a full-time leader in the, in the workplace. He served four major emperors of his time. World emperors, you know. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar and all these guys. So he knew the value of prayer. He was a marketplace guy. And he was away from home and everything. I mean, he was just carried away. He never needed to pray. He needed to just wallow, you know, but he wasn't. He was praying three times a day, disciplining. Because of that, he was able to, you know, serve four major kings of world empires and have an influence there, walk through lion's dens and all kinds of walk through fires and furnaces and, and hear from God and, and give advice to kings of his time. And so that's what marketplace people are supposed to do. Amen. We thank God for them giving in the offering and they need to continue to do that. But you've also got a role outside there to influence your marketplace people to know and see the power of God and the glory of God. And see Philippians 3.10, Paul says that I may know him intimately and the power of his resurrection. Paul wanted to know him above everything else. And then we see also in Revelations, you know, it talks about returning to the first love, to our first love. You've fallen from that. So God wants us, Father God wants to have a first love relationship with us. And if our love with him is good, our marriages, our families, everything will change and will blossom and bloom. It's because we've cut off these, bugged out of these, you know, Father God, first love relationship. It affects every other relationship negatively. But when we begin to rebuild that back, we can, you know, begin to, you know, we, we being, become even peacemakers to our families. When they are going at each other, we begin to gently step in and we're able to stir them back again into healing and into relationship. You know, I had to do that recently, a few months back with my siblings, when my mom passed away and, you know, brother and sister wanted to really go at each other. And I was able to, we were able to step in and see how, you know, peace, you know, could come into a situation like that. And so God is also a caring father. You know, the Lord needs, the Lord's prayer, it covers every legitimate need of the believer. Well, it covers everything. It's like, you know, uh, a complete package. If you follow those, you know, the, the, the principles in the Lord's Prayer, you will see that it covers the whole life of the believer. Your daily bread, both spiritual and natural, but also it talks about, you know, overcoming temptations and challenges, uh, praying about uh, enemies that are there to try and, you know, come and really come against you. And how, uh, basically it talks about uh, the kingdom of God coming and praise and his will being done. So it covers every area of our lives. Forgiveness. In fact, it takes time to talk about forgiveness and says, you know, immediately after that, if you forgive men their sins, then your heavenly father will also forgive. So it covers a lot of the whole, you know, uh, life of the believer. And so God loves to, and, and loves to meet our needs. That's why in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your cares or your burdens on him, for he cares for you. And so, you know, rather than you carry that burden, you got to care, learn to care, uh, cast it on him. Every time it tries to come back, you give it back to the father. 
because he's got the shoulders that can carry those cares and burdens that we sometimes get tired of carrying. Amen. And so, you know, God loves to meet our needs. He wants us to ask in prayer, you know, and so ask in faith. And we said, let faith arise. We were singing today and we need to ask in faith and he can do it. And so uh, I've had to do that so many times. You know, there was a time when I had to, uh, uh, I was in Bible school and I had to, and, and I heard from God, uh, you know, and you say, how do you hear? Well, you know, I couldn't even go to sleep that, you know, at night because he was kind of talking to me about going to this Bible school and I had no desire to go to Christ for the nations. I was, a, you know, I had started a career in business and I wanted to study here some business and then, you know, probably own my own business and hey, forget about missions and all that kind of thing. It was not, you know, up my backyard at all. But anyway, <laughs> but God got a hold of me, you know, and he began to, so I fought with him and I said, no, I can't go to Bible school. That's not what I'm supposed to do, you know. I'll just serve you like I'm doing right now, you know. <laughs> and I had a real, you know, and so I said, okay, I'll do one thing. I'll go to Bible school just for one semester and you'll see what a mess fit I am. I'll just go to just because you're on my case, I'm going to go and, you know, and I'm going to, you know, get out after that and show you. I'll be able to prove to you that it doesn't work for me. And then God got a hold of me in Bible school, you know. I met guys like Mike and others, you know, and we, were, we challenged each other. And so... Uh, I began to then realize, okay, you know, maybe there is this calling thing. Maybe it's for me. <laughs> and so I began to, and then he put another guy called Steve in my life to bug me in prayer and to kind of, you know, rope me in prayer and all these kinds of things. So finally, in, end of the stories, then I wanted to go back and God, you know, confirmed to me that I'm called into the life of uh, ministry. And so, and I started with nothing. Literally, when I went back to Sri Lanka, I had nothing. And so, uh, but today we have a ministry that's worth about a million dollars plus, a property and land and all of that kind of thing, uh, all because we asked. We asked in prayer and we did not stop asking and we did not stop depending on him and he always, and he made a way. Amen. And so, so you, the, the condition is to here is to ask in faith. And when you don't have answers, still keep asking, keep knocking. Sometimes, like that widow, she kept knocking at the judge's door until the judge finally heard. And that judge didn't want to answer, but our Heavenly Father wants to answer. Amen? And sometimes we don't know why it delays, but when you look at it at the end, you see that God had a purpose in all of that. There were enemies that resisted us, but God brought us through all of that. See, uh, when I was in Bible school, I had to pay my Bible school, my college fee. And I didn't have money. I couldn't work as an international. I couldn't work like you here. I could work on campus 20 hours minimum wage. That didn't cover my schooling. That didn't cover my school bill. I was like crazy, you know, crazy on steroids, you know. I was like, ah, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing here? <laughs> What, you want me to go and I have no money and I have, you know, what do you want me to go and do something crazy like that? But I finally surrendered <laughs> uh, after all of the struggle and he came through. But I had to, I spent a lot of time in prayer with my friend about my school bill. And I was about to get kicked out and then, you know, somebody sent a special fund in right on time. And I, I went to that, that uh, finance office trembling. I got a letter from the office and I was like, okay, I'm done, I'm gone, I'm going back to Sri Lanka, everything is incomplete, you know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. Uh, nation was, was, was on fire, ablaze in the wrong fire. And so I was like, but he came through. Uh, the, the, the director said, you know, you, we've got a scholarship funding that has specially come in and we want to give you a portion of that. So fill these forms. And so, you know, God came through. When we take his burdens, he will take, his, uh, take our burdens on his shoulders and he will take care of us. So that's where we, I learned this life of, you know, trust and faith and asking. So push, the word push means pray until something happens. 
When you don't have answers, just keep pushing. <laughs> Pray until something happens. And today we have, you know, uh, so much more prayer going on uh, around the church. We have about 16 to 20 hours of prayer and intercession going on now at the church and the ministry. So we have the kids praying, we have the young people praying, we have Mitch and his gang praying, we have Kuma and his gang praying, and, uh, and so many others, you know, interceding. And so for the whole week, we have about 16 to 20 hours of intercession going on when I could only start with only 10 minutes. God can change it. And he, can, he has a big plan for you. You just struggle. You just start to get involved and he'll take you. He'll step you up to places where you begin to touch lives and, and shake cities and shake nations for the glory of God. You know, he wants to do so much more with your prayer, with your pay, with your mouth. He wants to pray through you, his kingdom will on the earth so that his will gets done no matter what, who says what, who says I, I you know, it's my feelings, I just, if I love it, if, I, if it feels good, do it, you know, uh, that's what the world is going this, this, at this time. It's all about feeling, it's all about if I feel good, you know, if it looks good, then do it. No, we've, we've, we've forgotten our moral, you know, uh, our fabric and, you know, our compass. We've gone way out and we need to get back, you know. And so, uh, and, and we, when we, we need prayer once again back in our churches, back in our lives. If we're going to impact such a hardened, dark world around us. Look nice on the, uns on the outside, but very dark on the inside. And we need God's, you know, intervention. So... Uh, and so God loves to show his great grace, you know, by answering prayer. Number three is God is a consistent father. He does not change. He's unchanging. Yesterday, today, forever, he is the same. Hebrews 3, 8 says. And he has great plans for you. Great plans for this church. He has great plans for all our young people here. He has tremendous plans, you know. I was going on my, having my own plans, but God turned me around and look at what's happening right now. Pastor Mike is in Sri Lanka. Pastor Mitch is here in Ashby. You know, we are at the same time, he's talking now, he's preaching at the, the Destiny Church. And they are on the move. I mean, 10 hours, 12 hours of traveling. Look at the activity that's going on, buzzing with the purposes of God. It's exciting. And some of you have been down there and you've seen and you, you know, and you've also, you know, participated in all of that. So he keeps his promises and his word. You know, one time we were, you know, we were getting ready to buy our church property. It's not big like, you know, you guys have it here. We wish we had it like you. <laughs> That's why we sometimes have to go up. You know, <laughs> we've got to gain the square footage, not on the side, but next floor and the next floor. You know, we have 10,000 square feet on our girls' home. You know, girls. So why? Because we've got several floors. And so we can't uh, expand like you, uh, but we can be creative. So we had been uh, praying and we were, you know, got into this agreement with the owner. And, uh, and we had got almost 80% of the money. But then uh, the last bit was like not coming, almost, you know. And the, the church was, uh, you know, not in a place where they could, they had done whatever they could with projects and pledges and all of that kind of thing. And so we got on our knees. We had gone to the bank and the bank manager refused to do anything for us. They don't give anything, loans to churches usually, uh, you know, 99% of the time. And so uh, uh, we got on our knees and just started praying. Lord, we are at the end, but still, we are so near, but still so far, you know. And as we prayed, somebody called us on the phone and said, how much do you need? How much do you need? Well, I said, I need about $8,000, you know, dollars. He said, I'll write the check out for you. I said, I wish I could reach through this phone line and give you a hug, you know. And so, uh, so God, you know, cares. He's consistent and he cares for us. When we come to the end of our rope, he's there. <laughs> he's there. We can trust him. He will come through for us. So that is why we can pray with confidence. You know, he pursues us even when we fail him and we don't feel like we're good enough. You know, the more we come back to him, 
You know, God doesn't just leave us every time we have a sin, you know, we sin or have a shortfall. It's we are the ones who think that he leaves us. No, because see, he came after Adam. Even after Adam, you know, disobeyed him. He didn't have to come, but he came looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? You know, he came after him, pursuing him. And that's the impression we need to have in our minds, that God comes after us even when we don't feel like coming, going, you know, drawing close to him. And we need to have that attitude working, you know, but we tend to have the other, the condemnation and the distancing ourselves from, his, from him. And so we need to, uh, you know, as we get back, as we pray, I see my life changed. You know, I had issues in my life, <laughs> you know, that I thought I would never get rid of. Uh, thank God, even Mel couldn't fix some of those things. She, did, she tried most of them, but even <laughs> some of the issues she couldn't. But God came through. Amen. He's changed me and I'm not perfect. Yes, far from perfect, but I've seen so much change in my life because of the relationship. Because when we have that relationship with him, we want to please him. We want to do what's right. We want to kick things out of our lives. We want to do what is pleasing and so we can enjoy that fellowship with him and we can, you know, pursue big, bigger things. So he pursues us. And so, you know, God wants us, if you feel like, you know, I don't know how to pray and I get very intimidated when they pray and I don't want to just join in there. I'll look pretty, you know, basic, <laughs> you know, fish out of water kind of thing. You know, God wants you to succeed. So when your child started to walk, you know, you held out your hand. But when the child was you know, almost falling over, you would reach out and catch the child. You didn't want the child to fall. And if the child fell, you were there to pick the child up you know, faster than they fell. That's our Heavenly Father. In your prayer life, He doesn't want you to fail. And even if you do, He's there to pick you up. Hello. He's not, you know, I know the world around you puts a lot of high standards on you and demands and expectations, you know, but He's not like that. Shift. Let there be a shift on the inside of your conception that He really wants to help you to grow your walk and your fellowship and your relationship with him in prayer. He doesn't want you to fail. He wants, he's there to pick you up. So even if it looks kind of, you know, basic or, you know, disorganized or whatever, you know, snotty, whatever you want to call it, but still he's there with you. He wants to pick you up and he wants to help you gain. So get back into that relationship. Don't let people intimidate you. When I first heard these guys, giants praying, I was like, oh, Oh, I wanted to back off, <laughs> you know. But, you know, this, my friend would drag me in there. And so, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be there. I, I said, I can't pray like that. You guys are so way over the top there, you know. But little by little, by staying in the presence and becoming comfortable, learning to get comfortable, finding the new normal <laughs> in that uncomfortable place, you know, then I began to start to learn how to, you know, uh, get stronger and get more, you know, active in my prayer life. So don't disqualify yourself. Don't say I'm not spiritual enough. You know, when we spend more time in prayer, he will change you. And also let prayer become a lifestyle. That's very, very important. Some people tell me, Pastor, I can't pray all day like you. I said, who told you that I pray all day? I couldn't do what I'm doing if I'm praying all day. I wish I could, but I'm not. But I take him with me. I fellowship with him all day. I don't forget him on Sunday and just leave him behind after that good service. And then, you know, take the CD out and put something else for the rest of the week. Hello. I don't think there's anyone like that who do it here like that. You know, so anyway, but uh, it's only the back there. People are like that. They change CDs. As soon as they are at church, it's like they come back next Sunday. It's like they, they don't know how to worship. They don't know how to pray. And you feel like, whoa, where have they been? It's because they took the CD out. They operated another CD all week long. So when they come to church again, it's like everything is brand new again. And I said, no, we got to keep the CD on. We don't, yeah, we don't pray long prayers. But when I'm driving, I'm praying. When I'm, you know, facing a situation, I'm praying. When I'm going before people that I need to get favor, I'm praying. And sometimes I have to use my phone to pray. Because I, I like to articulate my prayers. I can't pray in my head. 
you know, and focus and get, uh, you know, so I have to take my phone out and act like I'm talking to somebody. And, you know, here especially you can pray in your tongues and people think you're a foreigner, so you're praying in your foreign language. So, Rabba, Santa, Rabba, you know. <laughs> you're standing in line for the visa, you know. Oh, Rabba, Shinta, Rabba, Oka, Rabba, Saranto, Rabba. People think you're, you're talking to a friend or somebody. You know, I take my phone, even back in Sri Lanka, and I pray in tongues there too, <laughs> you know. And so, or, you know, I pray, you know, uh, under my breath sometimes, but I do pray because, because I've got, sometimes it's so desperate, so demanding. I can't afford not to pray. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't want to lose. I don't want to fail. I want, hey, <laughs> and when I have such a glorious father who, and I found the keys, I'm not going to put my keys. I'm not going to give my keys to the enemy because of shame or, you know, stoic behavior or whatever. I don't want to be stoic. I want to be flamboyant <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> hey, <laughs> nobody's going to put that stoic <laughs> thing, you know, canopy over me and make me lose what I have, need to get. So we got to, you know, so God wants, so I tell people, I'm, I'm on, I don't leave him behind. I do have a good quality, quality prayer time in the, in the morning. But throughout the day, I maintain that fellowship with him. I talk to him. I praise him. I sing to him. I share my wounds and hurts with him. My pain, my disappointment, oh, my, my anger sometimes with him. But, you know, it's, that's what the relationship is all about. You know, my frustrations with him. And, you know, that's what makes this relationship, you know, uh, you, know, uh, you know, pulsating and valuable, you know. And so, but, you know, that's what First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean we are supposed to pray all the time, you know. It means that we maintain an active relationship and fellowship with him. And, and at, as we do that, it begins to grow. I've got another point, but I'm not going to go there. I don't want you to get up and have to go somewhere or, you know, go for your lunch. But we're going to, I would like to pray for people who are, feel like, you know, they're struggling in their prayer life. And I think, you know, several of you would be doing that probably. But, you know, this is, a, and God wants to use you. Let me finish with this. This is pretty cool. And that is God wants to take your prayer life and... Uh, you know, he wants to move you from where you are to affect the earth because you have the power, you have artificial intelligence. He said, let light be, light be, and light came about. Lazarus come out of the tomb. Words, artificial intelligence. He was before everybody else. Hello. <laughs> These guys think they are the ones who have the rights, you know. God was the initiator of artificial intelligence. Things happened. Angels moved with Peter. Our doors opened. Prison doors opened. So you have that power to change things on the earth, in your life, in your family, in your church, in your finances, in your business, in your, among your children. So you got, God wants to use you. Satan wants to muzzle you. He wants to muzzle your voice because you've got something that others don't have. Hello. That's why he bombards you with hopelessness and condemnation. I, boy, when I found out that, I was like really excited and mad with the devil, you know, because he was also, you know, whispering and my flesh didn't want to cooperate. But God wants to use your voice to change the earth, to change your society, your, your city, to bring uh, your state. You need that in this year, especially with all the challenges, uh, with right people in government and all these kinds of things. We need to be praying much more than we've ever done before. We've got a you know, really difficult president right now that I don't, you know, he's very totalitarian, like, you know, very aligned with China. And God led me to say, watch China, watch China. In Sri Lanka, I was telling people, in, you know, my leaders, watch China. I did a study, a research on China and gave them all a handout. And they said, oh, we didn't know that China was like this. We just thought about technology and all those things. We didn't know that pastors spent 12 to 15 years in prison for being, or that their churches would be bulldozed while they were meeting in service. They'll come and bulldoze and turn them over and they'll go to hospital because they got hurt. And all the stuff that was going on in China, nobody knew. 
So last November, I began to alert. Again in January. And now we're not surprised about China. We're not surprised about what, what, what has been coming out of China. And we bless China. But there is a lot of darkness. So our president was aligned with him. And so we are, you know, and he uses, even when there is opposition, they shoot people dead. When there's protests, they don't deal with the protest, you know, in a human, you know, uh, manner. But they use even guns to shoot them. Sometimes even if the people run into a church compound, they get shot dead. Yeah. And so we have a real difficult uh, term ahead. And so I, God raised me to, I mean, spoke to me about raising intercessors. I asked for a Gideon 300 intercessors to pray for the president and the, and the government and the nation. You know, from Monday to Friday, just 12 minutes. I said, 6 o'clock in the morning till 6.12, or if not, 10 o'clock at night to 10.12. And, you know, 430 signed up. Leaders, networks are praying right now. Your own president has about 10,000 intercessors praying for him daily. Okay, so, and more. I'm just, people who will do it at 12, 12, I don't know, noon or at midnight. But we need prayer. We need prayer for our nation, for our leaders. The darkness is trying to take everything away from us. You know, and we need to, and prayer, and then participation, where we can we need to do that. So I want to pray for you. God will use your voice to change the earth. And when you start to, and when you get together and you start praying together, you know, things will start to happen. Yes, you may lose a few battles, but the war will not be lost. Amen. We will win the war. Amen. So let's, uh, I want to pray for those people. So if you uh, would like to rise at this time, I just want to pray a corporate prayer, you know, over you and, and, and ask God to really give you more you know confidence in prayer so would you raise your hand if you say i need i need some prayer to get my prayer life back on track thank you thank you several hands are going up so let's keep them up for a moment you're just lifting it for the lord father we just thank you for these hands we thank you that in this new era of 2020 that you're going to give fresh vision fresh Lord insight and fresh courage Lord to your people once again to know that you are a loving daddy you're a loving father who wants to draw your children close to you and who wants to heal and deliver and empower them to, uh, to have an active relationship with you father we are our prayer lives need your help we ask you to intervene and to come and to Lord empower us Lord again and to give us the Lord the grace and the strength Lord Lord, to not be discouraged and not be, Lord, uh, Lord, reject ourselves or disqualify ourselves, but to come and have fellowship with you and learn how to have a time with you and an ongoing relationship with you, Father. We break off the lies of Satan that tells your people that they are not worthy enough or that they were not supposed to do this or that they are not, they are not the praying type or whatever. We just break all of that off them, Father. We say you are the one who created in them the capacity to be able to have fellowship with you, to pray and to see even mountains moved, Father, not just in their own lives, not just in their families, but in their churches, in their businesses, in their schools, and even in the state and even in the nation of the nations of the earth. So we ask for that, Father, that you would just uh, pour out your fresh grace and your strength over your people, let your anointing be poured out over your people in a new way, Father. And so break off the, uh, all the, uh, Lord, the stagnation, all the, uh, or anything that has tried to keep them stagnated. And Lord, keep them, Lord, uh, mobile or frozen. We say we break that thing off, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, we call forth a new active, dynamic, growing, Lord, uh, hungry relationship with you that will see greater things to come in the days ahead. In Jesus' name. We also prophesy over this church, Lord, that you're giving direction where they're needing direction for the future purposes of God, that you're coming in a new way and that, Lord, you're raising up also not only intercession, but people, hearers, seers, who can see into the see ahead what God is wanting for this church. To be blessed, the pastors and the leaders of this church, Lord, that they will also, Lord, that you would cause them to have new uh, revelation and, uh, and vision and direction in an uh, in a amazing way, in a tremendous way in this coming new era in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Everybody said Amen. And so, just use your mouth to decree, to declare, to confess, to legislate. God's will will come on earth and the change will take place for His glory. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.